Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Good evening. Good evening and greetings, everybody. And welcome to, I can't say another episode of The Duo, kind of an episode (laughs) of The Duo. Um, We stopped it a while ago because, as I said, James got too famous I couldn't handle the oh, fame. Leave never it, available. leave it, man. Leave it, the leave groupies, it. Every, it was mad. It was, Uncle was just popular. Um, so we're back for a quick episode. Well, not a quick episode, an episode to talk about our favorite topic, James, which is what? Oh, Lord. Builders! Tradespeople! And, and how much we love them. L with a big L-I-E. Uh, so... We are going to talk about Cowboy Chris and Mistake Major, the two <laughs> villains, villains in our property journey so far. Um, I think we've had our fair share of villains, but James, um, what inspired you to restart and do a quick one-off duo episode? What was it? Do you know what, Ted? First of all, let me just start by saying I've actually missed you. Oh. I missed you, you know, too a little bit. So I'll, I'll give you a virtual hug, like, you know, like a tier two, whatever nonsense is going on at the moment. But <laughs> Thank you. So so what inspired me, man? I think, um, you know, we both seem to have had problems with tradespeople at similar times and they were some major shit going on. It wasn't just like little things, you know, it was just people really taking the mick. And I could see you were emotionally quite drained from it. I was quite drained from it as well. So we thought, what is that? my jug man (laughs) that looks like a lotta (laughs) you sure that's not from your toilet no this is from india there's the finest jug even worse is a lotta from india come on shaz you know what we're talking about (laughs) no it it means i don't have to keep getting up to get water i always have water you gotta stay hydrated carry on yeah so like like i was saying um (laughs) <laughs> somebody said lotta definitely <laughs> all right enough of the lotta jokes okay let's cut it there we'll move on to those lotta on um so yeah we were both going through this emotional thing of builders you were getting really fucked off with people messing you about tradespeople doing some really you know rubbish work or trying to pull the wool over your eyes and the same with me you know i i kind of i had a bad no i didn't have a bad feeling about my new trades guy but there was telltale alarms bells ringing from day one you know so we thought why not do a flipping you know one-off show on it get together talk about some of the things that have happened you know having to fire contractors through a major build bringing in new people trying to find new people you yourself definitely working at a distance trying to find people i know you had some hard times with it you wasted a lot of energy with it you know spent a whole day trying to find one tradesperson for one job so we thought, why not do a special, a one-off special? People have been asking, when are you two coming back? So we thought, hey, Friday night, let's get back on it. We came back for the people. Um, so yeah, thanks all for joining us. You could be doing, you know, watching Netflix and, and making stuff, but you are with us. So we thank you for that. So James, um, yeah, well, I mean, where where do we start? I think everyone is going to experience a bad builder at some point. 
I've heard people say I've never had a bad builder because I have all the contracts in place and blah, blah. No one gives a shit, mate. You're lying. Okay. That's a load of tosh. Load of that. Um, You were always going to have a bad something, you know, a bad experience, a bad job, a bad bathroom, a bad bit of plumbing. So I think that's the first thing we just want to say is that, look, what we are experiencing is what everyone is experiencing, but they're not talking about it. You know, people say, oh, my God, like you lot go through so many builders. Like, yeah, but you know what? I think everyone does. Um, but we talk about it. Um, and of course, James, your Internet has let you down again uh, on Instagram. It's back. It's back. You're back. You're back. Yeah. So that's the first thing is when you listen to us, please just know this can happen to anyone and will happen to everyone at some point. So, um, James, let's start with you. Your build. How much is the cost of your refurb? Around 135 grand, I'd say. So it's pretty freaking big. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not a small little thing. And and your builder mistake major uh, or the or major of mistakes. How did you find him? Well, you know, I really did my due diligence on this guy. He came recommended from a guy who's got twenty five plus properties in the local area. He swears by him. Says you know. Major, or they call him Major Saab, because you have to watch over Major Saab. He will try to cut corners on certain things. So I thought, you know what? I'll watch him. But he came highly recommended from a guy who's now out in America doing development. So I thought, this can't all be bad, man. You know, um, yeah, so it was full on recommendation. And you like looked at his ID and his whole assets. Like you fully went into him. Oh, 100%, man. He was pretty shocked. I did major checks on this. I did major checks on major. <laughs> hey! Cha-ching! Yeah. So, you know, I checked him out. I checked his... Um, I did a credit check on him. He owns his own house. He doesn't have a mortgage on it. He has another property with no mortgage on it. He owns a few cars. And the best thing was he trades in his own name. So, you know, I thought to myself, he's signing a contract in his own name. If anything ever happens, it's fine. I've got reasonable assets there to go after. I didn't think anything would happen, you know, but shit does. So I really did check this guy. It's not as if I just let him on the loose. Mm. I think one thing you said there about in his personal name, that is super important. And people don't realize how much they're opening themselves up for a world of pain by being personally liable. Um, obviously with mortgages, we all have limited companies, but we're all personally liable that, you know, we get that it's impossible. You can't hide from it. But so many tradespeople operate with their own name and they're signing their death warrant when they do something wrong because you can't, you know, yeah, if you want to sue a company, you want to go against a company, whatever, you know, you can close it down, you can kind of run from it. But if it's on your personal name for nine, what is it, six or nine years on your credit file, you're going to have struggle to get phones, like 20 quid a month Vodafone, they're going to say, hmm, to rent, to buy a house, to get personal loan from Sainsbury's, you are going to struggle. So it is very dangerous for them to be operating with personal liability, especially when they're in an industry where they where things often go wrong for them. So mm-hmm. just something to note, people, if you have personal liability, don't necessarily say, oh, oh, you're not a limited company. I say, cool, good, happy days. Sign your name, please, sir, because it protects you. Right, James? Yeah, of course. Of course. And, yeah. And, and that's and that's why I was quite happy. I was very happy, actually, him signing his name uh, on the personal contract because, like you said, for all those very reasons, I thought if something does go majorly wrong, I've done a nice little check on you, my friend. I have your IDs. I have all the insurances. I know that you're very, very well to do for. And, you know, I can come after you. 
And this was your first time working with major, right? One hundred percent, yeah, first time. Okay, so mine's a little bit different now. Mine, I've been working with Cabo Chris for what you know, easily six, seven months plus. Um, he came recommended. Did I do due diligence on him to that level? No. Um, obviously, and this was like in January when I didn't even know about the level that we do now. Should I have? Of course I should have. He came recommended, not exactly from like if you recommended him, it would be a strong recommendation, but it was a medium to weak one. However, the first property we did, beautiful. Yeah, some of the tiling in the bathroom, the grout wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. That That's my only complaint, by the way. That is literally my only complaint, really. From, you know, the the whole from that whole refurb. Um, it wasn't ready for valuation, but it actually got valued very, very high despite being a little bit of a mess. So anyways, he got, he got saved. But really... That's the only complaint. Like everything else, it is a beautiful house. One of my favorites. The second and third refurbs, mm, a few complaints, but nothing that, you know, you would say is abnormal for a builder. Mm-hmm. So carrying on, carrying on. And really, it's probably, <clears throat> I'd say by property four, maybe five. Now I look back, I'm sensing some issues. So okay. I think our stories are very similar, but also very different because you, that major fucked himself on the first thing. I've had a long-ish relationship here that slowly became something else, right? So that's to kind of set the scene for everyone watching and listening is that we're in different situations and mine is quite confusing, you know? I think James is a bit more clear-cut than mm-hmm. mine, but but that's kind of where we stand. You know, for me, it took seven, eight months James, yours was how long? About f- five weeks, four weeks. And I, you know, James is in a much better position to have got rid of it quickly, right? Um, higher, slowly, fire fast. And James did that. So, um, your James, your build was going really well, as far as we could see on Instagram, right? What? Yeah, what? yeah, no, it was. It was going really, really well. It's just everything was nice. You know, everybody saw it on the HMO live day. You know, the three visits that we did to the site. And people were like, wow, this is progressing really quick. Things were going really, really smoothly, really, really Mm. well. And then little telltale signs, you know, I always thought there was something a little bit odd about this guy. And I thought, oh, you know what? Maybe I'm just looking into it too much. Um, Then he kind of like then certain afternoons during the day, he'd disappear or he wouldn't be on site when he said he was going to be on site. And that really, really pisses me off. If a trades guy is supposed to work from 7.30 in the morning till five in the afternoon, I expect you there at 7.20 in the morning, ready to start at 7.30, you know? And he was coming in at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, sometimes not coming in, sometimes missing deliveries, causing me massive aggro. And the last draw was when he was supposed to start this uh, mini extension out the back and it's pouring down with rain and his excuse was, oh, the lads are all complaining, you know? The boys are complaining that, oh, their their bones are hurting and one's got a sniffle on his nose. And this is at (laughs) 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't even raining that bad. He then turns around and he goes, oh, you know what? We decided just to pull off site and go and get a bottle of whiskey and warm ourselves up and we're getting pissed. (laughs) What time is this? 10 o'clock in the morning. Okay. And do you want to know the best thing he goes to me? He goes, don't worry, buddy. I send you my WhatsApp location. You come along and drink with us. And I'm thinking, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. At least he's so, friendly. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. Fair dues to him on that one. He goes, I'm sending you a WhatsApp location. Come and drink with us. I'm thinking, I was just really shocked for a minute. I, You know when you want to have a go at someone, but you're just like, did that, did that just happen? 
So I put the phone down on him and I went off, had a coffee, and I thought, wow, he is pissed out of his face. So I thought, you know what? I'm not letting him get away with this. I said, listen, you need to come to site now because there's a delivery of like 300 bits of wood coming and you need to take them in because I'm not taking them in. You're paid to do that. True to his word, he comes down to site. And I shit you not, Ted, he walks in, his shirt's hanging out, his trousers are half done, his zip's open, and he is like this. Like, (laughs) and I mean, when I mean slurring, the guy could, he was standing like this, like, you know, against a wall, and my man is falling over. And I'm just thinking, damn, is this happening? Like, you're going into Christmas. You've got such a big job here where you're making some decent money. What the hell is wrong with you? In the end, I just thought to to myself, you know what? This guy has to go. So I didn't say anything to him there and then because he wasn't understanding anyway. My man just, I'm talking to him, mid-flow of conversation. He just walks out the door, jumps in his van. Now he's pissed out of his face, jumps in his van and just drives off. He then comes to site on Saturday morning and does a bit of work on the pipe work. So I thought, okay, he's been to site. Maybe it was just a one-off. Monday he gets there and he's coming early in the morning and all his tools are gone. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe maybe he's pulled off site. And then I'm ready to sack him. So I'm calling him to sack this guy to get him off. And he goes to me, oh, I've taken my tools. I've posted the keys through the door. Uh, and I'm not coming back because you told me if I couldn't handle this job, I should just go. So I'm telling you I can't handle this job. And I said, no, hold on a second. I said, before you say those words, I said, you can go fuck yourself because I was going to sack you anyway. I thought, I thought, there's no way you're quitting on me, you little bitch. So then he's gone, you know. And then I remind him and I remind him, that, look, Mr. Major, you are under contract. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? What does that mean? <laughs> it means that bit of paper you agreed to all those jobs. I go, there's a lot of things that you have done wrong. He goes, so what are you going to do? I go, I'm going to come after you. He goes, what? You're going to su- sue me? I said, yeah, I'm going to take you to court. And he goes, no conversation. He goes to me, you've only paid me like five grand, and I've done about thirty grand worth of work. So how do you work that one out? I go. It's the work that you've done that isn't very good and the nuisance that you've caused on site and the fact that you haven't stuck to what you said you was going to do. And he's like, no, 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 please don't do that, man. Look, I'll just leave quietly. I'll leave quietly. But point being, there was no way I was going to have someone on site who was pissed. And, you know, I've told a few people this story about tradespeople being drunk on site. And a lot of people have said to me they've had this similar kind of issue where certain trades have been drunk on site or drugs have been involved or they've been smoking a joint or something like that. Mm. So I was quite surprised. I mean, my barber cuts hair better when he's high. So like maybe plasterers, maybe they're better when they're high, some of them. I don't know. Oh, well, obviously not your one because the plaster doctor. <laughs> if he was high, it would have stuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. And I think that leads nicely to the parallels with mine which are, yes, he, he did go on coke benders, which I found later, but it didn't, it didn't affect the work. He was shit anyway. It didn't affect the work. Like it was very rarely, I say very rarely, once every few months he would disappear because he got run over doing cardio. Um, or <laughs> <laughs> this is, the- is that what you said? He got run over doing cardio? Run over doing cardio. Or he was wow. texting while driving 
and he crashed his Jeep and he sent me a picture of the Jeep. But when I Google reverse image searched the Jeep, it was man crashes in Devon and flies out window screen. He just took the picture from a news article and said, oh, look at my van. It's somewhere on the on the motorway, mate. Yeah, I couldn't come to site. Are for three you serious? Hundred wow. um, percent. And, you know, what? it was a combination of those things, a combination of looking back at it. Right. Lots of little, little, not little, but just so many clues that now as a second, I even sniffed that. No way. Little things. Oh, you know, I, I couldn't come on site. 10, 10 a.m. I'm not on site yet. I'm getting there. Um, sending pictures of the soil stack fitted at an angle where you can't see. It's not actually joined to the middle. Um, running, um, and I know you got something to say about soil pipes, running waste pipes, not with a fall. So running them flat or up. Um, I don't know, In maybe in the valleys, gravity runs the other way, but it definitely doesn't in my house. <laughs> yeah, in the valley, shit travels upwards. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was things like that. And also, like, the kind of fighting, like he, he would not physically, because he'd get knocked out if he did. He would just like argue with other trades and they would be like, Ted, you know, we've, we've said like little things like, can you be on site for this time so we can do this and that? And he'd be like, no, blah, blah, blah all this shit. Anyways, and he just claimed he could do a lot of stuff. Now he claimed he was a Sparky, yeah, an electrician. This is the biggest thing. Now I was speaking to another Sparky, we'll call him Evans. He's also, I don't even think he's a Sparky. And I'm actually going to be speaking to his um, registration board about his work. Um, so that's fun. I've got like three people I need to sue at the moment. So um, I so I spoke to him and I said, oh, hey, mate, you know, you've been working with cowboy careers. You know, what about these other houses? Um, you know, you worked on them, right? Can you give me a quote? This is before I thought he was a knob. Can you give me a quote? Can you tell me what's done, what's not been done? Anyways, chat and chat and chat and done and done. I go and he goes to me, yeah, Ted. So this price includes chasing the sockets up to 450 mil off the floor, which is the regs when you do a rewire. Um, this may differ in England, Wales, and Scotland. Check your area. And I go, that's weird, mate. Because on the Wind Street one, you didn't chase him. You left him above the board. He was like, oh, I've never been to that house. I was like, oh, maybe it was another name, another Evans on the, on the cert, whatevs. 10 minutes later, he texts me. Hey, mate, has Cowboy ever put my name to anything? And I was like, hold on a minute. I looked at the electric cert and I sent it to him. And I said, yeah, mate, you did the cert. He goes, I've never been to that fucking house now, but I'm going to go around. I'm going to go knock his door. I am. I'm going to go speak to him. He was going to go, you know, say hello as builders say hello. He didn't, unfortunately. But um, he was like, mate, I've never been to that house. I've only worked on one of your properties, which is the one I'm potentially be suing him for. I've n- I've never been like I have no idea, and I was mm. like, okay. So, anyways, I send it to our mutual friend Electra Plus um, to do an EICR to go and check it out. First, he looks at the cert and goes, "Ted, these readings are wacky, mate." He gets there and he goes, "Ted, now I've got the electric report. I've got like twelve different faults on." what Cowboy said was a fresh rewire done by an electrician. Now, they're not dangerous. The house is not going to blow up. Um, Electric certs are not a legal requirement, at least not in Wales yet. That doesn't matter to me, though. It's getting rewired. But I've just paid him two grand to rewire a house. He's forged the signature, so I've reported him to the police, et cetera, et cetera, um, of a real Sparky, and it's not even electrically sound or 
what it should be. And like the Sparky's been there, so Tej, how long ago was this done? Um, I don't know, you know, being an electrician is not an easy thing to do, but I reckon if me and James got together, got some books, spoke to some people, we could rewire a house better than he just did. So, <laughs> you know, this was the death knell. But one day he just walked off site um, after he had his crashed his car. He just walked off site. They didn't return calls, emails, nothing. Within a few days, all right, fuck it, on to the next. Let's get someone else. And then it unraveled. Um, I, yeah. I mean, James, what, what poor work did Major do for you that you maybe discovered? Oh, mate. Oh, Jesus. Where do I start, man? Where do the, I start? At the beginning, please. So everything started nicely, no? The rip out was good. I suppose ripping out a building isn't that difficult, really, you know? It, yeah. So the rip out all went well. And then he fitted the first steel upstairs. You know, the one we saw, the big six yep. meter long steel? That went smoothly. Stud work started going up. The telltale sign started coming from me. When he, when he goes to me, he goes, he started doing the soil stacks. And I said to him, I go, look, the soil stacks need to be a certain drop. Building regs have been in and told you they need to be on a slope. Otherwise, they're not going to get signed off. So <laughs> I get there and my man has run a soil stack, like literally straight along the length of about three metres from a toilet, three metres out to the wall going into the main stack. So I look at this and I go to him, oh, I go, has that got a slope on it? He goes, yeah, little one, little one, little, little one like this. And I was like, okay, fine, fine. Bro, I go upstairs, I put a spirit level on this pipe and it's fucking dead straight. And then he goes to me, he goes to me, don't worry, shit not got a lot far to travel, only from here to here. It's okay, no blocking. And I'm thinking, okay, no blocking. He goes, I put rod eye here, rod eye here, any shit I come rod out. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I said, geez, listen, man. I said, in this soil stack pipe is going to be another one connected into it. I go, these two people are taking a shit at the same time I'm flushing. We're going to have a shit backlog. What are you going to do? Come out in the middle of the night and start rodding. And this guy couldn't grab the concept. I'm like, oh, man, what is going on? So that was the first telltale sign for me. The second one, Ted, was where he's taken the pipe out of the wall. Yeah. And he's not even cored the hole. I think you saw this, didn't you? He just smashed a few bricks through. You know, and this is a period property. Yeah. And he smashed the hole at the top of the bay taken the London stock red brick out, the yellow brick out, just left a massive hole with a pipe coming through. And I was like, I was shocked. I'm like, you just ruined the feature of the house. He's like, no problem. I just fill it with the bricks and fill it with the... I'm like, no, no, no. For me, that was the first major telltale signs. Then the second thing was where he's gone and boxed the pipe underneath the... Like, so you got the you got the original features there. He's gone and put and built a box, but he's built the box right next to the original feature. The idea was to build the box slightly higher so you could plasterboard it up so you get a nice flat finish right the way across. He goes, okay, okay, no problem. We use 12 mil pasta here, 9 mil here, and we do 6 and skim. Oh, no, 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 yeah. And, you know, like when he's running wood on, on, on this boxing pipe, it starts off nice and straight, and then it goes like this at an angle. And I was like, Major, I go, that's Ben. He goes, no, 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 no bending. I go, look, give me the spirit level. I'll put the spirit level on there. It's Ben, and he's looking at it like this. 
He's trying to move it to try and make it look. And I was like, no, man, no. But that was one of the major things that he did. There's also massive holes between walls and floors. So where he's obviously pulled out bits for the steelwork, I've got like big gaping holes everywhere that haven't been filled in. They're quite telltale signs for me. Um, the fact that he didn't use a laser when he was putting up a stud wall, I would have thought you'd shine a laser across the thing so mm. you get a nice thing. He's like, no, no, it's okay, okay, measuring there, one side, one side, one side, okay, fine. And then he's kicking a bit of wood here, looking at it like this, and I'm thinking, oh, man. Please. And you only know this because you're on site every single day. Yeah, I'm on site three times a day. Now, that is more than like a project manager. So people like James noticed this in four weeks. Luckily, unfortunately, because he was on site three times a day. If you're not and you're investing far from home, I mean, James, like, it, like I don't even know what to say. Like, it's tough. Man, 100%. You know, you know, the basement floor that he concreted mm-hmm. before, the, before the membrane went in. So even that, that was such a simple task to do. It starts off nice and smooth, nice and smooth. Then it goes and goes like that. When the guy came to screen it, he goes to me, mate, he goes, who put this floor in? He goes, it's on the piss, then it's on the wonk, then it's on the piss again. He goes, you got like a flipping banana. And I'm like, and you know what that means? When he's had to screen it, he's had to put certain areas higher, certain areas lower. But he done a fantastic job. The screeder was amazing when he's done the job. But mm. the fact that so many corners had been cut, I was like, you know what? It's such a lucky escape. And you know what the worst thing is, Ted? When you go onto a site like that, it makes you feel sad. Mm. You emotionally feel drained. There's no like, oh, I feel good about my site. None of that, man. You're walking in, you're like, man, what have I just done? I've now got to work with these guys because I've got no one else. So that's where it just came to the point. I thought, you know what? I just don't trust you no more. There's too many fucking ifs and buts going on with you. You've ordered the wrong steels a couple of times. You put the wrong pad stones in and you're trying to tell me that you know better than an engineer. Engineers told you it needs to be 900 wide. Why have you made it 600? You know, it's got it's 900 wide for a reason so it can carry the span of the weight. I just thought, he goes, he goes if building control signed this off, he goes, Building control, sign this up, I do whole job for free. He goes, if they don't, he goes, exactly. He said to me, <laughs> if I can squeeze this through with building regs, I'll do your whole job for free. And I'm thinking, no, Major, I don't want it to be like this. I haven't spent money getting architects drawings done, flipping engineers' calculations done for you to start guessing your own shit, you know, with your wonky eye and your pissed ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> huh? You know what? It's, it's, I think... The only reason, another reason, I suppose, that you know, like you've noticed these things is because you know what to notice. If you, and this, it might be logical, but it's not if you don't know it, that a soil pipe has to have a certain form or that, you know, when you're boxing certain things in, they should be flushed, preferably mitered. If You know, if you didn't know these things, you would go there and say, oh, soil pipe's nice and hidden. It runs out. Oh, great. The poo is going to flow. But <laughs> because you know, and that's tricky, right? Because when you start, and this is why I say to people, you don't have to love refurbs. I, I, I Personally, I think you have to in a way, mm. but you have to understand them sometimes more than your builder. You have to understand them to the extent where you can walk in and say, that's not right. I don't care if you got 40 years, I've done it for 40 years. I have no one cares, the old boy. You need to walk in and be like, that is wrong. 
and obviously not in that way because people will get offended but you have to understand what to spot and I think like with me it happened recently I had a, um, a shower room that was tiled it's been on my stories now now the tiling wasn't good quality full stop you know brick bond it wasn't in line mm. that's some basic ass geometry spatial awareness yeah so and if he was bad he should have just done the stack bond didn't it no one would have realized anywho yeah he didn't put the adhesive on properly. <clears throat> it was almost dot and dabbed, which is like, why? Like, just comb it, do it properly. Um, he didn't use the right plasterboard. He said it was foil backed. It wasn't. Also, my bad. I should have said no. Has to be the green ones for aqua yeah. rooms. Yeah. Um, he didn't tank it or anything. So I had someone come in, big up Craig, came and fixed it. And he walked in straight away and said, Tej, this ain't been tanked. I can see the plasterboards. Now, James, this was tiled four weeks ago before Craig sort of walked in three or four weeks before <clears throat> and Craig goes yeah look you know what in x many months you're gonna have mold it's not gonna be nice I was like okay fine cool as he was stripping it four weeks later by the way empty house yeah there was black mold everywhere on the adhesive and on in the four yeah in four freaking weeks um yeah it would be it would be yeah and like if the builder just suddenly said, right, we've done, we've tiled the bathroom, happy day. And big up Scott Jenkins. He loves boards, mate. All he messages me is about boards. Honestly, he's a representative for aqua boards, element boards, etc. So big up him, man, for, for helping me with that. Like you need to prepare these things properly. You can't accept a builder showing you a tiled room in your property or a picture. You need to see the stages of it and say, yeah, hold on, yeah. have you tanked it? Is it the right board? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, and even sometimes the weight, certain, I mean, look, I don't think any of us are using real marble, but if you are, you can't really use plasterboard. You need to use cement boards or other stuff, you know? So how do we know this? Because we, we give a shit, right? Yeah, of course. Of course. Like we have to. So I think a big tip for people is you really have to understand refurbs and you know what? Shadow people, pay people to go on site and find an amazing builder on Facebook who has, who has a brand and get some training or like go on YouTube understand things because honestly it's so easy for them to say yeah yeah, yeah. no it's a special plasterboard with pe- yeah, yeah 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 it's fine um you know what i mean so i think like you have to understand refurbs to an extent and i mean that has now cost me uh, about six seven hundred quid to redo that with cement boards with the right tanking with some sexy ass tiles etc etc luckily i didn't pay cowboy chris for this yet but like James, what if you had had six en suites in your HMO tiled without being tanked? It's gonna, yeah, it's not only that. There's four of them are on the first floor, so the water's going to start coming in. It's going to start dripping through. It's going to go onto the ceiling in the kitchen, start affecting the two bedrooms downstairs, and potentially put the kitchen out of action if the fourth floor comes through. You know, it doesn't take a lot. Once plasterboard's wet, what's going to happen? It's gonna, it's gonna collapse. You know. Hmm. Wow. And- Wow, it's and you know what it's it's a combination of those kind of things which I've discovered afterwards now, but also kind of a few pieces. So my friend um, has a CCJ against Cowboy for eight grand. It's not showing yet online because of Corona. They're all super slow. This kind of happened as I realised who he was. I got a few other friends who know about him, <clears throat> and actually, it's a small world in in the valleys, and I know X many people who are very, very angry at him, shall we say. Um, and so, you know, it's one of these things where <sighs> he keeps doing it because my plumber, big up Dave, you know Dave as well. He yeah. saw him 
on the street with some speed fit in his hand. Like, so he's obviously fucking someone else up. Um, but it will catch up with him. You know, he's got one CCJ. He's going to have another one. He's going to have more. And technically he can't necessarily run away from it. But you know what, James, it's one of those things where like, he said some, he said a lot of things like, oh yeah, I, you know, I was late to sight because this is, this is the whole, oh, I helped the old lady cross the street. Yeah. Oh, there were some builders and they were trying to rip off this old lady, Doris. And I stopped and I told them, you go where you scallywags. And like, you're the dickhead. You're the bad builder. Your Doris is the one you're ripping off. Um, <laughs> but there were lots of things like this year and like just stuff where he's either stupid well, he is stupid, but like not manipulative, but he definitely painted a better picture of himself than was reality. And you think, oh, and he did, he did some things like out of a good heart and did things for free. And, but then, yeah, you know what? It all adds up. And I think I've only realized this recently. I was in a, a place where I thought, oh, I'm never going to find a trade to do this and that. Cause it's such a weird, I just, I don't know what I was thinking. Right. But now, you know, I've got yeah. trades doing bits and, and yes, it's headache and it's stressful, but my God, like, it works, you know, like people, there are so many people who are multi-skilled, you know, like Chris didn't put um, double wastes in on, on a sink that has two um, traps, sorry, on a sink that has two um, holes in it. He would put the kitchen in and there was no cold water feed to the thing and there was no waste. So now Dave's going there and having to drill the freaking waste through. Um, so it's one of these things where you're like, hold on a minute. Where's the water going? Are we just going to let it run it's on the pretty, floor? And it's pretty simple stuff, isn't it? Really, like, it, no offense to plumbers, but putting some pu- pushing some pipe together and putting a waste in is really basic. So it's one of those things where it's cost me, well, I don't know, thousands maybe to rectify. Mm-hmm. I haven't necessarily lost anything like directly, but it's mm-hmm. cost me time. It's cost me paying investors back delayed because of the builder because I've had to say well, I can't refinance it because it's still a state. Um, James, we've got a question here. I think it's a really good question from Faz Property. It says, what was the pay difference between the guys you were paying? More often than not, you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. So I guess, well, we both had, um, look, monkeys is such a respectful way to describe the builders we have experienced with. I cannot offend the animal kingdom by saying that um scum on the bottom of your shoe is more appropriate i think but james like do you think now a lot of people say this eh, i'm not saying you're saying this faz but eh, well you probably don't pay them enough money so that's why they're shit james do you believe in that has, has that been true in your experience no listen you can get a very good builder you can pay him loads of money and he can still be shit you know it's all marketing at the end of the day it's how well they market themselves to you and how well they sell themselves to you mm. um you could have someone who's fantastic like massively like, like major he was fully recommended he's done extensions he's done all sorts but he turned out to be rubbish mm. i don't think I mean, necessarily if you pay cheap you get you get rubbish i don't think so i mean i have my plaster now he is epic big up richard um and he's cheap he he is undoubtedly cheap um but he's bloody fantastic. And I have another guy, an electrician, that big up Gethman, who is maybe a bit more expensive than the average, but he's bloody fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people always, and I'm not saying people in the Instagram chat are saying this at all. I'm saying generally <clears throat> people will DM you and say, oh, <laughs> it's probably because you didn't pay them that much. And it's like, all right, mate, 
like how how do you know what I paid? Um, yeah, I don't think there's a correlation. I'm sure I've said that to you before, haven't I? You have, but you're just a you're just a class A knob anyway, so it's fine. Um, it takes one to know. Wow, I feel like I'm in high school again. Quiet tonight. With the teacher, with the substitute teacher. Um, You're definitely a substitute teacher. Um, Shut up. I I don't think it makes a difference what, like, the money, because what for me makes a difference, James, is their reputation and their reviews online and the recommendations. Um, I've had people referred to me and I see the price and I'm like, okay, I'll pay that all day long. And the work is fantastic. So, you know, and if people are asking the difference between me and James is paying, I mean, James, what's the day rate you pay lads? Like to just a general builder, what would you pay them in, in East London? About 140 quid. Wow. I'm paying 150 in the Welsh Valleys. So <laughs> how can you compare when I'm paying more in an area where if you look at the economy, what, I should what are you talking less. about? Like a general lad or a, a builder? No, no, no. Like a, like, um, someone who can do a bit of it, like a builder who can, well, no, actually, I pay 150 for plasterers, carpenters, generally most trades, apart from Sparky's, that's what I'm paying per day. Yeah, about that, 140, 150. And like a labourer, 50 quid a day? No, probably a bit more than that, about 80 quid a day on a labourer. Okay, so I'm paying... Some 50. of them are a little bit more as well. If the labourer's a bit skilled, you'd pay him a little bit more. Yeah, I'm talking about a guy who just comes to hold stuff and pick stuff up and... Okay. Hammer stuff. Like, that I'm looking at, 50 a day. So... You know, James is paying more because he's in East London. You know, there's no, like, on in the bigger picture, there's no way around that. But proportionately, we're paying the same, right? You may be, yeah, yeah, if you look at it generally yeah. over that. If we look at it generally over that, and I think, like, I think, James, taking our lessons from this experience is now, um, so, what, so once you got rid of Major, who was drunk, watching YouTube cat videos on site and all sorts of shit, have you gone back to the person who recommended him to say he's i've had a conversation with him and he's really like he's really embarrassed he's really really embarrassed and he said to me goes look the last time i used him was in 2018 for my job because he moved over to america so that was a couple of years ago Hmm. and then he did tell me look he's got a lot of stuff going on personally you know oh blah blah we all have yeah 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 and i understand he's under a lot of pressure he's got a couple of kids that are quite severely disabled so i thought you know what i'll cut him a bit of slack I won't really go in too hard on him, but come on, man. Everybody knows right from wrong. You don't get pissed at nine o'clock in the morning. And you don't run saw pipes like that. Like if, and it's all about communication, right? If he said to you, James, look, I get this project and I get your timeframes, but I've got these issues. And personally, look, I can't manage it. Someone else might be able to, but I can't. Can I, are you happy with me chopping an hour off every day or having these days off, but I'll have my lads on site or are you, I think that piece, right. Is what a lot of tradespeople fail on is just saying, look, I've got an issue because we'll understand it. Like, you know what the funny thing is the, the electrician, sorry, the plumber. So the plumber's a really nice guy. I've used him quite a few times. Now he's got a problem with his foot. And his foot just wasn't healing. You know, it was had some kind of infection on it. And he came to me. He tried everything, the poor guy. I must say, he brought a junior in with him where he was trying to get him to do things while he was watching over him. This guy couldn't bend down, get on the floor, all sorts. Anyway, so then he comes to me with a solution, which was nice. He gets another plumber involved who's taken the job on. And he said, look, I briefed him on the job. And the best thing is, 
this MU guy who's come in to take over the job from him, he's actually quite a clued up guy. He's come up with some really, really good suggestions, which has meant now all the boilers and the tanks are going up in the attic rather than the basement to save us some space. He's rerouted some pipes to save some space so we don't need to do some ugly boxing. And, you know, it's been nice because there wasn't a problem there. The guy couldn't do the job because he wasn't well. But rather than pissing around, messing about, what he's gone and done is he's gone and actually found a solution and presented with me with a solution. You know, now, granted, the guys are on site. They're still working pretty slow, but the job's getting done, you know. But I hate it when they just make up an excuse or they just try and think that they've got nothing wrong. They've not done anything wrong, you know. If you've got a problem, talk to us about it. If you've got, you know, if you can't get to site till 10 o'clock because you're dropping your children off, tell us. Don't make bloody excuses about it. I'd much rather you be honest to me. We would because we have the same issues and we have issues as humans and as adults we are gonna understand that like but the second it's a lie the second it's an excuse you just go down in the respect and in what we think of them and it's done i mean my painter i had to go off site yesterday i think he just said look mate i've had something uh, sort of shift on my end i'm really sorry i have to leave site i'm back here tomorrow morning it will be finished tomorrow morning I was like, oh, cool. How much you got left? He's like, look, man, I would not leave unless I absolutely had to. I didn't ask him, sorry, can I please have a, a transcript of what's going on in your life? Because I trust him because he's never lied so far. He's never um, done anything to make me think he's lying. And he came back and he finished the job. And he has 62 reviews on Trekker Trade at 10, you know, at, um, 10 out of 10. So that's where maybe builders are missing a trick because if they have these reviews to back them up, we're always going to rate them higher than those who don't. We're always going to put them in a kind of innocent before guilty kind of approach when they don't have it. Um, and, and James, I, do you think that, that we should, property investors should be treating builders generally, not treating, but should be um, working with builders with the approach of guilty until proven innocent? Do you think? I don't know, man. That's a tough one. That's a real, real tough one. Because especially with my with my team that's come on board now, it's like, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that with this team. But maybe with people like Major, yeah, yeah. Everything you've done is wrong until I've had a look at it and the building inspector said it's right. Mm. I, look, I think you have to, but you can't communicate that. Like You can't walk in and say, right, this is all shit. Let me have a look at it. You go in with a different view but I think in the back of your mind with new trades, even when they come recommended, clearly in our experiences, mm-hmm. you still need, I think you still need to be guilty, treat, not, not treat, but sort of perceive or in the back of your mind, they're guilty until proven innocent. That's what I think. Um, we've got a really interesting point here, actually, from TR End Up, who says, um, if I'm being honest, I think builders and tradesmen are underpaid in general. It's physically taxing knowledge, skill intensive work. The reason why so many dodgy characters are in there because it's only dodgy characters will accept such low pay. That's interesting. You know, I think dodgy characters are there because it's easy to get away with it. Right. Like why do politicians, why are they all corrupt? Easy to get away with it. You know why? Like if if I said to you, yeah, I'm going to paint your walls. I'm going to do some plumbing and you never saw the pipes and you just saw the finished product and you never saw what I did to prep it. You're going to say top job. Here's the money. Um, so I don't know about them accepting such low pay, but James, do you think builders are underpaid? I don't think my guys are underpaid. No, no, 
Not do you all. think the do you think in general they're underpaid? Yes, yes, they can be. Yeah, there's some people that will really take the piss out of builders, you know, especially foreigners or people that have come over from from Europe who may be struggling to understand the system a little bit. There are people taking the piss out of them, but I don't think they are underpaid. Personally, I mean, if we if we take 150 quid day rate um, and we annualize it, uh, if they work 365 days a year, it's about 36 grand. Obviously, they're not realistically it's about 30 32 grand um but that's for just one trade person doing whatever a day that's not for the gas engineer who actually is charging you a grand to fit the boiler but if he's mm-hmm. doing a bit of odd jobs it'll be 150 so yes i agree with you i think people do take advantage and people are underpaid um but i think it depends in the, on the area as well like if you're in a place where the average salary is 20 grand and you're earning 30 grand working for yourself, you're doing your own tax or whatever you're doing. I don't know, James, that's a, that's a quite a nice pay rise. Um, yeah. Yeah. It sounds pretty decent to me. You don't have to go to university. You don't have to have a, a lot of them don't even have any training at all. So I don't know. I, I get what you're saying and up and I, and I, I, I feel what you're saying, but mm. Uh, James, Avril Property says, would you bring in someone uh, to come and mark the builder's work or sort of, I, I guess, sort of approve your payment? Yeah, I think I think that, you know what, I've been thinking about this for a while, actually. I think there's there is like something missing there in the sense that so many people have so many issues with builders. There needs to be something that's there where those guys are held accountable and they're held accountable in a big way, you know, because at the moment, they, like you said, they're getting away with stuff. So it'd be nice if somebody did come in independent and looks at the work, if they fitted a steel. Obviously, I mean, a structural engineer will come in and just say, yeah, that's fine. But maybe if there was somebody else that maybe if it's a service you could pay for where you have a professional body come in and say, OK, you know what? This work has been done to a standard or say eight out of 10 or we we put it into this bracket or this has been done up to here. And it could even be linked to pay. So it could be say, okay, this is a grade A job. It should fall between 160 and 175 pounds a day. This is a grade B. We'll put it in here. And it and it makes it a level playing field. If the builder wants to work mediocre at a middle range and he's happy to take 100 quid a day for it or 100 quid, whatever his day rate is, I think there is some kind of scope for something coming in. Like, you know, Juicens do the build aviator, which helps people price projects up. Why couldn't somebody do something where you could employ someone? I guess... Then that comes down to it being maybe a uh, a QS, you know, someone like that who's looking at stuff. Mm. I think I used to think, and I said this before, that project managers, you know, well, what's the point? It's it's easy to manage from far away, and it's not it's not easy, but it's very difficult, especially with individual trades. One bigger build is easier, but without a doubt, at the very minimum, unless you you're like James, where you literally live like two hundred meters from the property. Yeah, not far at all. Walking distance. Yeah. Walking yeah. distance. Unless you're quite close or within half an hour, an hour, I would say you need someone to sign off the work, whether it's a friend or a fellow investor or someone new to property or even someone you pay who just wants a little part time thing, you know, every now and then, you know, 10, 15 quid an hour, whatever. When they go on site, they check the quality of the plaster. All right. They go in, they check the taps working. They look at the pipes. They send you pictures. They show you stuff that your builder's not going to. That's going to keep you informed of what's going on but also keep the builder on their toes because they're like oh shit friday payment time but she's visiting site so you know we've got to make sure we've done it right 
that alone can kick people into check. But also, you know that you're not paying for plaster that's crap because it looks great on a picture, which it all looks great on a picture. It looks like chocolate, lovely. But Mm. until you touch it, until you paint it, you don't know how shit it is. So absolutely, I would say one of the biggest lessons for me is, and James can do this because he lives close, is have someone physically who's checking up on properties. Big up Mario. He's going tomorrow to check up on some painting, some carpentry, some tiling. And, you know, I trust these guys have done a good job, you know, but I don't care. He's still going, non-negotiable. Um, and then in a few days, he'll go to my other site and, and check you on know, various you things. Know what, you know what's really been annoying me, you know, what's really got my back up over the last few weeks is I've seen a lot of posts going up on Instagram oh. where people have been talking about managing trades, yeah, or managing a refurb or managing a construction project. And I think to myself, you know what? You ain't you haven't fucking managed the build, you haven't managed shit, you know, literally. And you're putting a whole like a nice slidey 10-page slide thing on Instagram about managing trades. And I'm thinking, when was the last time you managed a trade? When was the last time you had a conversation with a trade? When was the last time you went to inspect a trade's work or work out how to pay these guys or how you're gonna work with them, man? There's so much bullshit out there. We've been doing so many refurbs and we still have issues with it, you know? I'm talking midway through a 135 grand build. you got a sack of contractor. Don't be telling me that you're going to teach someone through 10 slides, pretty looking slides, how to manage a tradespeople because that is bullshit, you know? And that's it's been annoying me because of the sense I've been seeing it at the same time of going through this. So it's a no-no, man, a big, big no-no. Get out there, go and put your money where your mouth is, go and do a refurb and then rewrite your post because I can tell you your post will be very frustrating when you write it because you would have lived every single part of it, not just dictated it from a flipping book or Google. James's views represent James Zota and J2 Hub, not Hedge Talks. Just FYI, I'm always firing these shots. Um, do, you, do you feel better now? Yeah, you feel good. Yeah, no, you no, no. Relieved. You know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I have to get up. <laughs> um, you know what? It, it's one of these things here where, like, and, and James, as soon as this happened to both of us, we were like, right, forget all the other work. We need to find new trades, right? We were straight on our network, straight on our platforms, doing everything we have. I did it today, actually, to find in a little plasterer. And you know I, how draining it is. Mm, People don't realize how draining it is. It's exhausting. Like it, just the conversations they're trying to find, oh, I'm busy till Christmas. I'm busy till January. I mean, I got a text now from a plasterer who said, sorry, I'm busy till Christmas. Like, or they just don't reply because they're so busy. Um, like it's difficult. But the main thing is you have to reduce that time from, oh dear, they've messed the job up. They're gone. They are gone. It's over get in the bathtub, turn on Taylor Swift, get your Ben and Jerry's out, do that shit for an hour. Okay. It's over. It's done. Then straight away, get yourself on all the platforms, right? Find new tradespeople, find new builders. If you're going to sue the last one, which I'd always recommend if you you should, and you, you need to where possible, that's fine. Put it to the side. You've got time to do that. Get your evidence, do what you need to do, but don't spend time emotionally on that, right? Have your hour in the bath, listen to some Dido and then go find a new build team, find a new electrician, do what you have to do. Um, the sooner you do that, the less you're losing on lost rent, the, the less you're losing on opportunity cost. And you may find, like I found some amazing tradespeople from the adversity of cowboy. Chris. Mm. So, you know, it's one of those things where you gotta, you gotta respond quickly, right, James? 
Yeah, you know what? Don't let any builder hold you to ransom. Don't let anybody put a gun to your head, you mm. know, especially a tradesperson. Because when you're in this, you think to yourself, you know what? What's going to happen if my trades guy walks off? All right, your trades guy walks off. You're going to lose a little bit of time. You've got to go and find a new tradesperson. You know, that is the worst that's going to happen. You might have to pay another month's worth of financing costs. It's not a biggie, you know, but people make it out to be a biggie. It's For me, it's very, very important to make sure that bad blood, that bad energy, that bad apple has gone straight away. Because if you let it carry on, it's going to frustrate you. It's going to frustrate them. And ultimately, you're going to get a shit product at the end of it. You want to be walking onto your site and thinking, oh, man, these guys have done that. They've done this, they've done this, they've done this. You know, you want to be happy. That's the vibes I'm getting now from my site. When I walk on my site, now I'm so, so happy. The guy goes to me this morning, goes, oh, mister, can I have a coffee? I said, you know what? I'll go and get you all a coffee because in three hours, not only have you unloaded five massive steels, you got the damn things fitted and bolted and done. And my guy couldn't do this in three weeks. You know, the vibe's so nice. The guys are... The guys are happy. The guys are having a laugh, you know, a laugh within reason. They're not sitting there taking a piss. And it's really nice watching my European team have a go at my English team because they turn around and say to them, you guys just talk too much, man. You don't do enough work. And then one of them goes to him the other day. He goes, you are lazy because you eat chips and sausage for lunch. He goes, I am fit because I have chicken and vegetables and I can work. And I think, you know what? He's probably got a good point there. I'm thinking, yeah, you are putting a load of shit in your body each lunchtime. No wonder why you're slowing down in the afternoon. These guys are just rearing to go, you know, such different mindsets in construction teams as well. And watching multiple people. Yeah, well, yeah, you can tell you can tell a physically fit builder over a lazy one. bro. You can definitely tell. Um, that's, that, that, that's a really good point there, actually, noticing the differences between your teams and the differences in attitudes. And walking on site and being happy, honestly, for me personally, that has been a rarity, um, especially with Cowboy Chris. Like, that should have been a warning bell for me. Like every time I went, things were not done when and how they should have been done. They eventually were. But I'm, I'm just thinking about it now. I'm getting a heavy heart. I'm like, oh, my God. Like I would be like, oh, I don't want to travel. I don't want to go two hours to be disappointed. I get on site, I'm disappointed. Now, when I'm seeing the pictures and when I go there, I know I'm going to be happy because I'm going to say, we're actually progressing, we're actually doing stuff. Um, and and that's really important. So, you know, that feeling, it, it, it's, it's not nice, you know, when you're like, I don't want to, I, literally, I was there like, I don't want to go on site. I was just like, no. I don't want to drive two hours to be disappointed. Why, why would I do that to myself? But I did. And you have to, um, mm. you want what you have, which is all right, lads, everyone's happy. Everyone's laughing. Things are, I mean, your team are working ridiculously quick. How many, how many guys on site? Uh, on the first day, there was nearly 10 people on site. 10 today. We had one, two, three, four, five, six people on seven people at one, at one point. And is the price the same as major? It's a little bit extra because I decided to put an extension on. <laughs> so, yeah. And try to include that in the, in the schedule of works. Just try to slip it in. But, yeah, I got caught. <laughs> wow. Okay, cool. James, this is bringing us to the end um, of the podcast and of the IG Live. If you have to leave people with maybe one lesson about what you've learned from Mistake Major and Cowboy Chris and working with these knobheads, what would you say? You know what? The minute you spot a problem, 
and you know deep down inside your gut that this is a problem that's going to fester, it's going to get bigger, it's going to get worse, nip that in the bud and deal with it straight away. If you need to fire a tradesperson, get rid of them. The other day, I had a tradesperson who wouldn't respond to me, my plumber wouldn't respond in the WhatsApp group. I gave him one hour, I called him again, I called him again. Then I left him a message saying, look, if I don't get a response from you guys by midday, please don't come in. I'm firing the lot of you and I'm paying you nothing. I get a call within five minutes. Do not let anybody hold you to ransom. And if it feels bad, get rid of them straight away. Very, very, very good tips. Um, my last tip would be trust your gut, but don't trust your gut. It's very easy for someone to be nice and say, oh, well, we've got to do this, this and this, and we'll cover this. And, oh, God, any other tradesman around here, they'd take 400 quid in cash and they'd fob you off. But we wouldn't. We're a tidy company. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's very easy for people to play that emotional card and to kind of put little things in your head like, oh, yeah, other companies, mate, they'll, they'd, they wouldn't sand as much as we would. We're all qualified tradesmen. What, what qualifications have you got, please? Sorry, please show me. Um, don't believe that. But your gut is going to say, oh, they're, they're going to sand for an extra day and only charge me for, oh, wow. <laughs> don't believe your gut, but also believe your gut because I've now told you what you should look out for. So that nicety is important and it's about how you feel with them as well it's a relationship but trust in my opinion trust reviews and recommendations and public profile and insurance and liability maybe slightly higher than you trust oh he was really nice and he bought me a bacon patty when he met me <laughs> yeah so trust, trust you probably paid for that bacon patty 10 times over yeah exactly um so don't trust your gut but trust your gut i hope that's been really clear informative advice there cool uh please follow us on instagram facebook uh what else jane what other platforms linkedin um subscribe on the podcasts leave us reviews we always forget this james what do we always forget to say um take a picture and share it on social take a picture please and share it on social because on a friday night mm -hmm. you were here instead of watching taco chronicles which is a very good program you could have been enjoying your last night out before tier two lockdown as well getting licked up well, Major's probably getting licked up. So someone find out his WhatsApp <laughs> location. <laughs> let's let's all fucking head down in it. Let's get Corona and get whiskey. Fuck it, let's get it all in it. Um, right, amazing. Everyone have a wonderful night. Please subscribe and leave us reviews for the podcast. Bye, bye, bye. If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.